You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Well, this morning we're going to be starting a new series, and I want to um, just encourage you that over the course of this summer, just you're going to want to be here each and every single Sunday. It is going to be a fun, fun series as we begin to walk into um, a series called Unsung Heroes. And as we know, dads, dads can be unsung heroes, right? And being Father's Day, what I found out today is so many dads are going to be doing like such a manly thing later today by taking their kids to Wonder Woman. <clears throat> Man, how, how much more manly can it be than for you to go see Wonder Woman? But the, the reality is, and, and I don't know if you've noticed this or heard about this, this movie, Wonder Woman, has sold almost, uh, no, it is, it's over half a billion dollars so far. Half a billion dollars in sales. Isn't that crazy? You would think that people would start to get sick and tired of all these superheroes but yet they still continue to draw in so much money because people have this hunger, this desire to watch these superheroes live lives that maybe they themselves think that they can't. And it's so interesting that we recognize that we are the stories that we watch. We become the stories that we read. There's a, uh, there's a professor by the name of Daniel Taylor, and he was setting out to kind of prove this idea, this thought, that we become what we watch and we become what we read. So he, he began to study historical figures, people that we would read about in history. How many of you have ever heard of Dietrich Bonhoeffer? He was a Christian leader during World War II. In fact, he was killed by the Nazis for leading Christians. He found it so interesting, though, the book that Dietrich Bonhoeffer was reading just before he was killed. It was a book called Heroes of the Everyday. And inside this book, it told tales of individuals who lived selfless lives, that because of clear thinking and selfless lives, they were able to rescue so many individuals, some even at the cost of their own life. And, and, and the professor said, can there be any mistaking that the, that the book so influenced Dietrich Bonhoeffer that as they began to read about these heroes, that he himself began to live a heroic life. As he read about people's sacrifices, as he read about unsung heroes demonstrating incredible character that he himself was moved by those experiences, moved by those testimonies, and became one himself. We have been given an incredible book. <laughs> it's called the Bible. And not only is it a story of God's redemptive work, not only is it a story of God's passionate pursuit for you, it's also a story of heroes. All throughout scripture, you can read about heroes. Some of them we talk about a lot. Some of those names you'll readily recognize. Uh, names like Moses, names like Abraham, names like Joshua. Uh, who are some of yours, just because we have such a smaller crowd today, I, I want to ask, who was some of your favorite biblical heroes? When you think of biblical heroes, who do you think of? Anybody? David. Yeah. Who? Esther, yeah, good stuff. 
Who? Joseph. Joseph. Absolutely. Noah. Ruth. Elijah. Elijah. Noah. Noah. Awesome. Who? Jesus. Jesus. I so thought you said Judas. I was going to talk, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go talk. No. <laughs> so many of these names are so well known, right? But there's so many names in, in, in the Bible of unsung heroes that kind of get looked over. Names like Elisha, names like Josiah, names like Rebecca, names like Rahab. What about the name that we're going to talk about this morning? His name was Benaiah. Most of um, people don't, don't, don't recognize Benaiah's name. Um, some may because Mark Batterson wrote an incredible book not too long ago in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. I don't know if you've read that. If you have not, jot that down because it makes for great summer reading in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. And, and, and we're gonna read about Benaiah. And what we're gonna find out about Benaiah this morning, this unsung hero, was that he was a man of courage. Man, I can tell you, if there's one thing our society is needing more than ever, is godly, courageous living. I would say that, that, that those that you work with, those that you go to school with, those that you hang out with in your neighborhoods or whatever it may be, what they are needing so much in their life is for you to live a courageous, godly life. Because what they're seeing in society today is a lack of courage, at least a lack of godly courage. You see, sometimes when we look at where we think of courage, we think of big things, don't we? We, we, we think, and, and, and it's okay to do that. I, I think of just this last week, the Capitol Hill police officer who stopped that rifleman from, from killing the congressmen and women, and, and, and what an incredible hero that is, right? And, and, but for us, what we define courage is, is in some of those big, huge moments. But can I submit to you this morning that godly courage is found in the everyday choices we make? That every day you are presented opportunities to live courageously. When the husband and the wife, rather than throwing in the towel, decide to go get godly counsel, how many of you would say that's courageous living? When, when, when there's the dad who, who is so worried about his ability to, to lead it, it, people or his family into prayer, yet he, he steps over his, his hesitancy and he prays with his kids or he prays with his wife. How many know that's courageous living? It's courageous living when, when you're afraid of your abilities and, and you don't think you have what it takes, yet you step into uh, leading a Bible study. That's courageous living. When you invite somebody to come to church and you're so shy and so scared to do it, but you do it anyways, that's courageous, godly living. I heard of a young lady this morning. In fact, we got to have dinner with her, my wife and I. She demonstrated what courageous, godly living is. She grew up in a Christian home, solid Christian home. Uh, people would look at her and just think, man, she just had it all together. She made a mistake one time, one, one bad night, and was, found herself pregnant. And even in her, just in her, how many of you know this, that, that you can walk with God for a long time and still have thoughts that come into your mind that you just wonder where they come from? And in her fear, 
And in her shame and in her guilt, this thought came into her mind, man, I could just end this. I could end this. Nobody would ever know. And yet she made the choice for life instead. Let me tell you, that's courageous, godly living. And that's what we need more of in our world today. That's what we need more of out of the church today. And I believe this, that when we look at the life of Benaiah, we're gonna see courageous, godly living. But before we get into that, we need, to, we need to be able to first define what true courage is. Because there's a difference between bravado and courage. There's a huge difference between bravado and courage. Listen to the definition of bravado. Bravado is a bold manner or a show of boldness intended to impress or to intimidate. What, what bravado does is it promotes yourself, Okay. Courage is something different. Courage is the ability to do something that frightens one. Strength in the face of pain or grief. Courage sacrifices itself. Where bravado kind of pumps yourself up, builds yourself up, courage builds others up. Courage is selfless. Bravado is selfish. God has called us not to be uh, living lives of bravado, He's called us to be living godly lives of courage that point others to him. So turn in your Bibles, if you haven't yet, to 2 Samuel chapter 23. Let's read real quickly what it says about this guy, Benaiah. Benaiah. How'd you like to have that for a name? Benaiah. 23.20. It says this, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant fighter of Kabzeel, performed great exploits. So what did he do? He struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. How many of you wish it then said why he was crazy enough to go into a pit and kill a lion? Because I don't know about you, when I, if it's, I don't care if it's snowing, I don't care if it's 80 degrees and sunny and perfect day, I ain't going down into a pit with a lion unless I got a real good reason. But Benaiah, they don't give us the reason. He goes down into a pit on a, on a snowy day, kills this lion. What else he did? Verse 21, he struck down a huge Egyptian. Although the Egyptian had a, a spear in his hand, Benaiah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. The, the equivalent today was basically Benaiah was going to a gunfight with a knife, right? Here's this spear. He had a club and yet out of a lifestyle of courageous living, Benaiah looked at the challenge in front of him and it didn't cause him to shrink. It caused him to move forward. And because of that, you can read in the next verse that because of those exploits, because of what he did, King David made him the head of his bodyguard. Duh, right? If, if I've got a guy around me that, that can kill like the best warriors of Moab, a, a, a big Egyptian. Dude can kill a lion. Okay, you don't look impressed. I'm talking about a lion. Have you seen a lion? They're, they're crazy, fast, big, strong. He went into a pit with a lion. Of course he was the bodyguard. Who else would you choose, right? So there's this incredible thing that's happening in Benaiah's life. He's stepping out into courageous living. And as he steps out into courageous living, you know what God does? God sets him up for his next season. God sets him up for the next appointment. And what is true for Benaiah is true for you. It's true for me. 
as I live courageously, not just in the big things, people, but as I live courageously, even in the small things, what I do is I set myself up for the next season, the next appointment that God would have for my life. What, what, what do you think your next season could be? What do you think your next appointment could be? Dream big. Dream big is what I'm telling you this morning because God is a big God and he has big plans for you. And in order for us to set ourselves up for that next season, whatever it may be, whatever it might look like, it's going to require courageous decision-making today. Courageous decision-making today. So when we look at courage, one of the things that I want us to understand this morning, some things about courage that I want us to understand this morning, is the first thing is this, is that courage is contagious. Courage, write that down this morning. Courage is contagious. Courageous living is contagious. It was for Bonhoeffer, and it is for you and I. When I see living courageously, you know what that does to me? It, it gets me psyched. It gets me like, that's how I want to live. When I watch courageous living, it influences me. It makes me look at my life, and it makes me it makes me evaluate, am I living that kind of a lifestyle? Am I living courageously for God? And when I see it demonstrated in somebody's life, I can't help but want a piece of that. I can't help but want to surround myself in that person's presence. Teach me, teach me how to be courageous. And that's the same for Benaiah as well. If you go back and you look at verse 20, okay? 23, 20, it says, Benaiah was the son of Jehoiada. Why is that important? Because his dad, Jehida, had earlier been one of the priests that took 37,000 people towards David's side. When there was tension in the kingdom, Saul was losing his grip on the kingdom, and David was going to step up into his rightful place. Jehida took his people, cast his lot with the very one that he knew was God's anointed. How many of you know that King Saul, if you read the Bible, King Saul was a little messed in the head? right? You're Kim Jong-un kind of guy, right? I mean, he would go chase you down. So him living that kind of a courageous lifestyle, running from Saul, taking his people and putting him into the camp of David, that was courageous living. And, and, and Benaiah saw it. That was his dad. And Benaiah looked at that courageous living, and I guarantee you it impacted the, his decision and it impacted his character in his own life. Man, <laughs> What an incredible testimony that is to the importance of a father, huh? Here on Father's Day, let me talk to dads just for a minute. And I don't care if your, your kids are out of your home. It doesn't matter. You know, there's still lessons that I still glean from my father, even though he's not in my home. And, and, and dads, hear me. Live courageously. When you live courageously, the byproduct of your courageous living are children of courage. Now, that doesn't mean they're always gonna get it perfect. They're not always going to get it right because they're just like you, human, right? They make mistakes. But as you and I choose to live courageously, we're leaving a legacy of courage for them. And it was so true for Benaiah. True, true uh, courage, it's contagious. And Benaiah saw it and he chased after it himself. Now, the second thing we know about courage is that courage costs. Courage costs. 
It's either going to cost you physically, it might cost you emotionally, it might cost you financially, or it might even cost you relationally. Because courage oftentimes, well, shoot, I might say all the time, requires sacrifice. You, you have to sacrifice something in order to be courageous. You might sacrifice your comfort. You, you might sacrifice friendships. But, but if you're not sacrificing, it's not taking any courage. Courage comes through what? The willingness to change something. A situation around you or you yourself. Courage isn't found in just doing the same thing over and over and over and it not costing. True courage, it costs. And, and, and what we gotta choose this morning is what of, one of the two are, is more valuable to us. Either our comfort, our routine, the status quo is valuable, or courageous living is valuable. And we're gonna choose between one of the two. When we first moved to North Carolina, um, for those of you who don't know, I, I, I moved here from Hawaii about seven years ago. And, and so my kids at that time were like 14, 11, you know, I have four kids. I can only remember two of their ages. <clears throat> That's 50%, kind of like my high school GPA. That's fine. <clears throat> and so when we got here, they were like, dude, there's forests here. There's woods here. This is crazy. And so they're like exploring everywhere. And then they found out there was a creek by our house. And so they're, they're going down to this creek. They jump in the creek and, 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 and they come home with eyes like as big as basketballs, yelling at mom, mom, we, 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 need, we need something with a lid. We need Tupperware. We need something with a lid. And she's like, what is wrong with you children? They're like, give it to me now. And so she gives it to them. They run back to the creek. They come back and they open this thing up like, you're not going to believe this open it up, and they go, it's gold. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Your kids did it, didn't they? Those little flecks in the creek and in, in, in the silt, they, th they thought that they were millionaires. <laughs> they, they thought we were going to buy the Carolina Panthers. We were going to own the Panthers. Now, you know what that, those little flecks are called? Fool's gold. Fool's gold. They thought it was so valuable, right? But really, it was just fool's gold. <clears throat> this is what I think. This is what I think. That our routines, our comfort, our status quo, you know what it is? Fool's gold. Listen, it's okay, it's, it's okay sometimes in the status quo. If, 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 if the status quo is doing something for the Lord, if that's your status quo, great. But let me tell you something. If it's not reckless, courageous, unabandoned, passionate pursuit of God, you're holding on to something called fool's gold. So what it's going to cost you, really, in living godly, courageous lives, you know what it's really going to cost you? Nothing. Nothing. You know what's going to gain you? You don't even know. Everything and beyond. All it's costing you is stuff that has no value instead of serving the one who is our value. Number three, write this down. Courage reflects character. Courage reflects character. 
Man, how many of you would, believe, would say this morning or agree with me that character is found in the small things, right? Character is found in the little things. Here's a point of this. Listen, Navy SEAL Admiral, okay, his name was William H. McRaven. 36 years he was, he was in the Navy, in the Navy SEALs. How many of you know that's kind of a courageous guy, right? To, to serve as a SEAL, to serve that long. Uh, listen to what he said in, um, in, in a commencement address, the University of Texas. He called the, the, the commencement address 10 lessons to change the world. And here's his very first lesson that he, that he taught the cadets. Reads this. Every morning in basic SEAL training, my instructors would show up in my barracks room and the first thing they would inspect was your bed. If you did it right, the corners would be square, the covers pulled tight, the pillow centered just under the headboard and the extra blanket folded neatly at the foot of the rack. Rack, that's a Navy talk for bed. It was a simple task, mundane at best, but every morning we were required to make our bed to perfection. It seemed a little ridiculous at the time, particularly in light of the facts that were aspiring to be real warriors, tough, battle-hardened seals. But the wisdom of this simple act has been proven to me many times over. He says, if you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. And by the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. Making your bed will also reinforce the fact that the little things matter in life. If you can't do the little things right, you will never do the big things right. Make your bed. Isn't that good? It's the little things, right? It's, it, he, here he is wanting to be a seal. Here he is wanting this incredible career, the prestige and the honor that would come with being a seal. But he would have never been a seal if he hadn't made his bed right. It was the little things that set him up for the big things. That's called character. God is setting you up for big things, big things. So Jeremy, this is cool. I like hearing about courage. Jeremy, this is great. I can get kind of pumped up like this is a pep rally, but what, what does this really mean to me? So here, here's what it means to you. This is how you're gonna live this out. You ready for this? Right now, I wanna take one minute, just one minute. I know we're just a little bit over, but I wanna take one minute. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit right now to speak to you. Might there be one aspect of your life, one thing that he's calling you to live courageously in? What would it be? into that thing of, oh, this is just a small little thing. No, remember the small things are the big things. The small things, capture that, write it down. And here's what I want for you to do, to be careful, because here's three things that's gonna happen real quick. We gotta be careful. We gotta be careful of the flesh. We gotta be careful of the world. And we gotta be careful of the enemy who would try to come in and tell you, you don't have to change that one thing. It's not that big of a deal. No, 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 no. God is drawing out something great in you. 
live courageously. The same charge that God gave to Joshua, I give to you today. Be strong and courageous. Go tackle whatever it is, whatever it is that the Holy Spirit revealed to you this morning to go tackle. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for courageous people in here today. God, I thank you that there are individuals in here. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.